From Southern California, this is Outlook in Review, a summary of world headlines, technology and business news, arts and entertainment features, and instructive encouragement from the Praiselite Media Studios, Thousand Oaks, California. Good day, it's Wednesday, the 15th of August, 2018. At least 35 people have died and at least 15 injured following a massive highway bridge collapse in Genoa, Italy during severe weather in the area. The incident occurred on Tuesday morning, sending at least 40 cars and trucks falling over 320 feet to the ground below, which included buildings and roads. The span which collapsed was about 650 feet long and was part of a major artery to the Italian Riviera and to France's southern coast. The bridge was completed back in 1968 and was restructured in 2016, but officials at this time are claiming that there was no advance warning or cause for concern. Some online reports have suggested that the collapse could have been caused by a strike from lightning and the conditions at the time are leading many to believe that the severe weather and possibly the high amount of traffic due to tourist season converged to bring about this tragedy. In a bold move against Amazon, Kroger is teaming with internet giant Alibaba to sell groceries in China. This according to USA Today's The Inquirer in Cincinnati, which stated that the move will be the supermarket chain's first ever international venture and focus on selling dietary supplements and private label goods including natural and organic foods. Kroger characterized the venture as a pilot that will showcase its house brands. Kroger's products will appear on Alibaba's Tmall Global Platform, China's largest business-to-consumer marketplace. House brands for the supermarket giant include labels such as Private Selection and Simple Truth, which are also found in Kroger's regional stores, such as Fred Meyer's in the Pacific Northwest and Ralph's in California. This latest move is possibly one of the most aggressive countermeasures aimed at Amazon, which threw the U.S. supermarket industry into a panic when it took over Whole Foods last year. On the 8th of October 1927, the third son of Fred and Clara Elliot was born. Of Scottish heritage, young Jim Elliot's grandparents were the first of his family to settle in North America, and living in Portland, Oregon with his two older brothers and a younger sister, Jim was raised in a strongly Christian-influenced home, where the Bible was read regularly and biblical obedience and honesty were enforced. This upbringing and instruction instilled a love for Christ which rooted its itself deep in Jim's heart. 
1941, he entered college and his many talents led to offers to speak and write, even act in school projects and functions. But although Jim used his speaking ability often, his biblically Christian convictions more than once estranged him from participating in activities typical for others with similar standing. Once, Jim Elliott risked expulsion from a public speaking club by refusing to give a political speech believing that Christians were not to immerse themselves in the world's politics. Also, as a pacifist, Jim Elliott rejected the idea of using military force to eliminate slavery in Africa, and he was prepared to stand as a conscientious objector had he been drafted to serve in World War II. Once out of school, Jim's heart to reach others with the Christian gospel led him to look towards foreign missions work. Although his parents and many of his friends felt he might instead be more effective in youth ministry in the United States, he stated that he considered the home church to be well-fed at the time, and international missions took precedence. Jim Elliott began to seek a godly man who might partner with him in his efforts, but although he wanted someone who was unmarried in order to focus on the missions work and avoid family separations, his first two choices ended up getting married before any trips were even taken. Finally, however, meeting a man named Pete Fleming from the University of Washington, they decided on Ecuador as the mission field and began learning about the country and its people, the Quechua Indians. At first staying in the town of Quito, they eventually moved into the jungle living at the Shandia Mission in the rainforests of central Ecuador. In 1953, Jim Elliott married Elizabeth Howard, whom he had met while in college, and they had corresponded regularly since. After a short honeymoon, they both returned to the work in Ecuador, and Jim, along with four other missionaries, Ed McCulley, Roger Udarian, Pete Fleming, and their pilot, Nate Saint, finally made contact with the Quechua Indians from their Piper PA-14 plane. After several months, the men decided to build a base a short distance from the Indian village, along the Kurare River. There, they were approached by a small group of nearby Huarani Indians, also called Aka Indians by some, and the missionaries even gave one of them, a native whom they nicknamed George, an airplane ride. Encouraged by these friendly encounters with the neighboring tribe, they began plans to visit them as well. But little did they know that the native that they had named George had been spreading rumors and lying to the others about the missionaries' intentions. And before they had a chance to visit the tribe on the 8th of January 1956, 10 Huarani warriors came under the guise of sowing interest in their plane and deceived the missionaries into believing that this was a friendly encounter. Drawing them into the open near the river, the warriors subsequently killed all five missionaries. Despite the devastating news of her husband's death, Elizabeth Elliot, as well as other missionaries, began working among the Huarani where they continued evangelistic outreach and services. Although Jim Elliot's mission was relatively short, the work he started continues on to this day with missions work throughout Ecuador. In fact, one of the men who took part in the attack is now good friends with the son of Nate Saint, and is a noted Ecuadorian pastor and elder having come to the knowledge of Christ through the example and the gospel message of the Christian missions work which Jim Elliott envisioned, started, and worked towards over 66 years ago. Be still my soul, the Lord is on your side. Bear patiently the cross of grief or pain. Leave to your God.
to order and provide in every change God faithful will remain be still my soul your best your heavenly friend through thorny ways leads to joyful Often we think of patience as the virtue of being able to wait or endure without complaining. But the Greek word translated patience in 1 Corinthians 13.4, love is patient, refers specifically to patience with people. Now, it literally means to be long-tempered and is specifically talking about someone who could easily retaliate when wronged but doesn't. It's the same type of patience reflected of God himself as we read about in Galatians 5 when looking at the fruits of the Spirit, and it is to be a way of life for those who follow Christ. In Ephesians 4, Paul entreated us to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which we have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing forbearance to one another in love. The culture in Paul's time advocated and expected retaliation for personal insults or injury and it was considered virtuous to do so, to seek revenge. Non-retaliation was interpreted as a sign of weakness. Today's society is much the same. Our heroes tend to be those who fight back with physical strength or litigation, but that is not God's perspective, nor was it Christ's in praying for his killers in Luke 23. Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. As Christians, we are to be patient, not seeking revenge, even in the comparatively small things, like being cut off on the freeway, being offended or hurt online, or punching the bully at school when they tease you. The devotional book Drawing Near reminds us also that retaliation isn't always blatant and forceful. It's often very subtle, like withholding affection from your spouse when he or she has wronged you, or withdrawing from a friend who has hurt you. But godly love never retaliates. It cares more more for the feelings of others than for its own. If we are harboring resentment towards someone who has wronged us, we must confess it to the Lord, take a deep breath while putting things in true perspective, and do everything that we can to reconcile with that person. Allowing it to go further and fester is like a poison, and it seems our representation of Christ who has forgiven us so much and who demonstrates immeasurable patience towards us every day. When we are hurt, wronged, annoyed, or tempted to retaliate, may we remember the Lord's patience towards us over much greater grievances, and may we pray that His Spirit would produce similar patience for others within us.
Thanks for listening to Outlook in Review. Contact us anytime with questions or comments. We'd always love to hear from you. We're on Twitter at Outlook in Review and Facebook.com forward slash Outlook in Review, where you can find information to various topics we cover on the show. Until next time from Thousand Oaks, California, I'm Ben Ditzel. This is Outlook in Review. Outlook in Review.